0: Welcome, welcome to Fight economy. economy. Here, here we, we cover, cover everything, everything from, from finance, finance, economy, economy and, how and how it affects you. you. Please, Please welcome, welcome your host, Kyle Talks. Hello, hello! Thank you guys so much for choosing Fight Economy over at Kyle Talks today. I am incredibly grateful and thankful, being that this episode is also after Thanksgiving. So, real quick, before we jump into today, today's episode, we have a lot of things to cover. I want to take a little moment here. To express my thankfulness for you guys who watch and support me. Um, it really means a lot. I started this podcast at the end of the pandemic, um, and not the end, but during the pandemic in 2020. And I did it, I did it for a while, then I stopped doing it because school and, um, I felt convicted because I had a lot of people who were like, Kyle, I actually really enjoyed the podcast. You should do it again. And then I started doing it again earlier this year in 2022. You guys know that. And then, um, I start in, incorporating new segments like phyconomy and doing different interviews and in the business of ideas. And I have gained like really a lot of support. Um, I mean I say this all the time, not mean this in a weird way, we're nowhere near, you know, being massive or big, but I don't say that as to downplay myself or my listeners. I say that because I'm surprised I have the listener and viewerships that I have at the moment just for listening to me talk. Uploading more consistently two episodes a week. I know we miss that sometimes like this week, but um I still have crazy support from you guys. You guys listen you guys um, Text me you guys call me you guys DM me on Instagram. We talk about all these different topics on the show and And I'm just so grateful. I'm thankful for my community. I'm thankful for the talkers. I'm thank you I'm th- very thankful for you guys literally just listening to me and I hope that I've provided some value to you guys um, yeah, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for supporting me and my dream. Um, being a podcaster, talking to people, being educational, that's like goals I have with this podcast. And if one day it pays pays me enough money to where I can fully focus on podcasting, then honestly, that would be the dream. Cause I get to talk to people and I get to talk about business. I get to talk about society, culture, all the things that I love to take a part of. So I'm ex- once again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, I'm extremely thankful for you guys the talkers for downloading my episodes for listening to me for, for providing feedback to providing some art shout out to one of my best friends Rio for always giving me great feedback on the episodes for always he does my logos he like I li- he's like the sec he's the guy behind the scenes I always talk to him about stuff really appreciative thank you guys so much and thank you for the everyday listeners the day one listeners you know who you are Some of the people I worked with at Target years, two years ago. Um, some of you guys still listen to this day. So I am extremely grateful and I feel incredibly blessed that I have this opportunity to speak and people listen, you know? So, um, here's to going from here. I plan on doing this till for the next five years. We'll see where we're at. The goal is to be self-sufficient, put out great content and just be educational and provide something of value. And more importantly the point of kyle talks and viconomy is to provide a community i know that likes to feel lonely sometimes and over here um we make each other better we talk to each other and create community where literally no matter what your religious beliefs are what you believe does not matter doesn't matter what you believe we all we're all here supporting each other because we all want to better ourselves over here at kyle talks so i'll get off the whole soapy thing but again i am grateful we have a lot to talk about today, and if this is your first time choosing economy over here we talk about the finance and economy, everything in between and how it affects you. The point of this show is that we can dive into our money, know what's going on around us, so we can use our money for our own gain. We're not freely, willingly, just willy-nilly spending it, but we're using it for us so we can build a future, we can build some wealth for us. That is the idea of this show is just to educate people Provoke some thoughts of how you can better be spending your money, saving it, or not spending it at all. That is the point of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are also interested in society, business, and culture, where I have different people from those aspects, whether it be voice actors, LA producers, um, healthcare people, come into the show and we talk about what it looks like to get where they got and what what their role looks like in society business and culture in those roles if that's something that interests you go ahead to our midweek called kyle talks the made bread and butter of this podcast that comes out um during the middle of the week so if you're interested in that go ahead and tune that out but um enough talking let's get into today's first topic before we jump into today's first topic if you would like to see the articles And the data and the things that I use to support these articles and my claims, go ahead and check them down in the links in the description. They're under article links, each one tied to each topic. Um, Also prefacing, never take anyone's advice or word for it. Always carry it with some kind of weight or salt to it, like it's kind of whatever, and do your own research. Don't believe me, don't believe anyone else at face value, always do your own thing because maybe there's some biased or maybe there's something they missed and that goes for me as well. So all that said, let's jump into today's first topic, Black Friday sales expected high, but did it actually deliver? So online sales for Black Friday are expected to top $9 billion, a record for the industry. Mobile shopping has hit a record high this year, but that's not really crazy because mobile shopping since 2020 has been like crazy high most and here due to the list of things that of money that spent on Thanksgiving day. So Thanksgiving day, there was about $5.9 billion spent online. So y'all, we in high inflation, everything's getting expensive, but we're still showing up for Christmas presents, at least on, Christ, on Thanksgiving day. So here's where the, some of the biggest things that were brought. Shoppers bought in order Apple products, espresso machines, gaming consoles, as well as toys from Funko. Those are the biggest purchases that we saw on Thanksgiving Day, which is interesting. So through 6 p.m. Eastern time, shoppers spent about $7.28 billion on websites. Also, that number is expected or could balloon to as much as 9.2 billion before the day is done and we're talking about black friday itself so this was released early morning um black friday the record breaking spending comes on the heels of a strong day of thanksgiving shopping which we talked about in which consumers shelled out at an all-time high of 5.2 billion dollars which is up 2.9 percent year over year typically shoppers spend about two to three billion online in a day the main company, again, is reiterating, the company that said the shoppers were picking up at the most was Apple, also Expressional Machines, and stuff of that nature. S- sales on Thanksgiving Day, solely just from Thanksgiving Day itself, were up 55% year over year, which is really, like it sounds like a lot, but also last year, we were still kind of dealing with the pandemic, things were just starting to get normal, so It's a big jump, yes, but not that surprising because we're coming off the heels of a huge, huge pandemic. Also, I want to add, and this is something that we're really going to press on, buy now, pay later payments increased by 78% compared with the past week beginning November 19th as consumers continue to grapple with high prices and inflation. This one made me a little sad. Um... Because we've talked about this before, so get ready for it. So I mean, overall in the article, people are spending money. Um, a lot of people, a lot of economists aren't sure where the numbers would land because people didn't know if they were going to go all out because this is like the first Christmas, Thanksgiving that feels normal, or were they going to reserve themselves due to inflation and high interest rates? Well, it seems like the former was correct. People are starting to go all out because this is the first normal. Thanksgiving and Christmas is a lot of people, at least in the US, are starting to feel even though we have record high inflation sitting at 7.9%, 8%, and we have high interest rates, so that credit card debt is racking. And if you missed last week's Fyconomy episode, credit card debt is an all time high right now, with the interest payments on the same credit cards being an all-time high. So stuff is we're strapped for cash. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier. Um called marketplace media about American Public media, APM marketplace. Great. And they were talking about how a lot of savings from the pandemic are dwindling down, like at an increased rate. So we have people with not, with no money spending more credit card debt and with interest rates being higher, even though people are getting hired. So this is weird data to me, and it makes me sad. And this is the point of the podcast, right? We shouldn't go into debt buying gifts for people, especially if the overall economy is bad. Now, let me explain. I'm not saying don't buy gifts for people. I love buying gifts for people. And most people do. Also, most people like getting gifts, and I love getting gifts. That's one of my love languages. I love getting gifts. That's like a big thing for me. So here's, let's bring it to the buy now and pay later. So like we talked about, credit card rates, debt is high. Interest rates are high. So people can't get stuff through credit cards. So they're going through buy now and pay later, which is like (laughs) I get because you want to show out for your family and buy stuff. But this is like not a not a how do I put this respectfully because I know people who have done it. It's not a very well educated decision due to our economics. And here's why I'm saying this. Buy now, pay later stuff is so predatorial. It is the most predatory of business. And this is my hot take. And you may or may not agree with me. And that's okay. If you don't agree with me, please, let's talk about it. Um, I believe it is the most predatory like business thing ever. You're taking the advantage of people who already can't afford something, which is what buy now, pay later is, right? You can't afford it because you don't have the money in your account, but you can pay it over time. So it gives you this illusion you can afford it. And you can make an argument, right? You can afford it if you make monthly payments. I will I will, I will secede some ground on that. You can make an argument, right? If you can make public, you can pay for it. Um, I would disagree, but I can see the argument there. So they're already taking advantage of you being broke, me being broke, everyday people like you and me being broke. And then making more money off of it because the buy now, pay later, you're paying more money for the original item than you would have anyways. Now, there are some companies that say, oh, no, no bonus or no interest. If you pay within 30, 60, 90 days, I've seen those ads as I'm sure as you are. But these things are predatory and it saddens me to see that people are resorting to buy now and pay later like Klarna and these all all these kind of different businesses taking advantage and saying, yeah, we're giving you the ability to buy your family gifts. We're giving you the ability to really show out. No, you're not. You're making people more in debt than they already are. Debt for dumb toys, debt for shoes, debt for film, The debt for Apple AirPods, going into debt for iPads, going into debt for things that aren't the necessities. And I know, I know last time I talked about this, I really got flack for it. Some people agreed and disagreed. I had a lot of conversations, but I'm sticking to it. Um, Like I said, I would love to talk to you guys about it. If you have a strong position, whether it's against me or I would love, literally love to talk to you about it because maybe my opinion will change. It has changed on multiple things in the economy, but that 78% increase in buy now and pay later. I don't, you know, I just don't. It sucks because people are going into more debt to buy Captain the Black Panther toy. People are going more in debt to buy iPads, non-necessities, when it's hard for them to afford their rent and it's hard for them to afford food right now. And we're going to talk about in the next article how much they're already paying extra a month for the basic stuff. We're not even talking. So you talk about buying a $120 piece of shoes and you're going to pay $30 a month four was that four months yeah four months in january february march april and april you're still paying off that shoes that you bought in december and you have to use that 30 dollars a month for some kind of food or something or gas or fuel which are crazy high so i'm gonna get off my little soapbox here on this topic um i think you get the point of where i stand on buy now pay later i i'm gonna reiterate it again i think it's predatory I don't think it's okay. And it's not giving you the option to afford something you already couldn't afford. They're putting you more in debt. And if you want, okay, if you want to jump more into this, there actually is a case study stating that by now, pay later, over 40% of users cannot pay within the six, 30, 60, 90, 120 months of the full price of the item. It's predatory. It's credit card debt version two, 2.0 is what it is. Um, so if that's something you find yourself using, um, just be mindful of where your money's going, especially with stuff that's costing a lot more money. Um, please don't go broke buying presents for people. Um, you have to make sure you can eat, you can provide and get to work so you can pay for your household and stuff. Just be, and here's my warning and I'll end it on this because I can feel myself going on a tangent. I'm going to end myself here. Um, Just be mindful of where your money is going. If this is a decision you make, you are a grown adult, you can make your own decisions. And God, I support you in that thousand percent, but at least know where your money is going and what the economy is looking like right now before you go further in debt to buy non-necessities. Speaking of buy now, pay now, later payments, increasing the prices, increasing your monthly cost of living for stuff that's not even necessity, did you know that most families are paying an extra $433 a month due to inflation? Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, you heard it right, folks. An additional $433 a month for this basic family out here in the America in the US of A. They're paying $433 extra dollars a month for the same groceries. For the same goods and services they would have bought a year ago. Let's talk about that. Inflation raised spending by an estimated $433 a month for the average household, according to a Moody's analysis of the October 2022 Consumer Price Index, the CPI. We've talked about that on the show before. The index increased 7.7% in October from a year ago. Interesting, inflation's around that as well. Down from its recent peak, but still near the highest levels Since the early 1980s, the average American household is spending $433 a month to buy the same goods and services it did a year ago in the analysis of the October inflation data, while down slightly from the $445 figure in September, High inflation is stretching the typical budget for the average American family. Despite weaker-than-expected inflation in October, households are still feeling the squeeze from rising consumer prices. This is coming from Bernard Yaros, an economist at Moody's. Bernard, you are right. We're all feeling it. Consumer prices jumped by 7.7% in October year-over-year, year. so... For your basic goods and stuff, which is right around with inflation. They, never, they measure inflation incredibly weirdly, differently. So, like, you food and prices can be up really high. But other things can be down. It's weird. But consumer prices jumped by 7.7% from a year ago um, in October, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Also, October's rate is still near the highest levels. Since the early 1980s, wages for many workers haven't kept in place with inflation, which is interesting because if you've listened to previous episodes of Ficonomy in the past, especially these past two to three months, there's big talk about, even today, retailers hiring, hiring more, wages increased, higher, higher, higher. People are getting jobs. People are getting paid more, but it's not keeping up with inflation. Like we just talked about, people have to do buy now, pay later, even though they're employed and even though they're getting paid more money. Interesting. Meaning that these wage, these hourly workers, these wage workers are not keeping up with their purchasing power and they're losing purchasing power. Hourly earnings fell 2.8% on average in the year of October, according and accounting for inflation. Also, according to the US Bureau, Barrow, Barrow, Barrow. Bar- borough of labor statistics. Let's talk about that. What do you guys think about that? Hit me with it. Um, talk to me. What do you guys think? Are you spending, maybe you're not spending the extra $433 a month. Um, cause maybe you're single or it's just you and someone else, you and your partner, or maybe it's like, you have a small family, like it's going to hit different for everyone. Right. And I think this is more target for like the, the regular family, like parents and like Two little ones running around, maybe even one little one, one you know, that kind of family more than two is what I'm assuming this article is working towards. But on average, the U.S. economy, you the households are spending 433 extra a month. Um, let me put my little own anecdote into this. So, me and Emily, my wife, my beautiful wife, we spend about hmm on groceries. I'm trying to calculate in my head one. 50 plus we probably spend three hundred fifty to four hundred dollars a month on groceries. I would say 350 I feel like is the depending on what kind of meats we get from Costco kind of thing but the meats from Costco they really last us for a long time so I'd say let's call it an even four hundred dollars a month on groceries right give or take on different stuff um so yeah three to four hundred is usually what we spend right with that in mind, I have noticed we go to all these. Also, I am not a paid sponsor by Aldi's, but Aldi's, if you want to, if you want to like run some ads on my show, I love you guys. Please hit me up. Hit me up in my, Kyle Talks podcast at gmail.com. If you know anyone in like the high positions of Aldi send this to them. I would love them. I love Aldi's shopping there. It's usually off-brand stuff, but it's pretty good. I haven't crossed I haven't came across anything at Aldi I don't like. So me and my wife usually fill up a cart at Aldi's and we do our crazy grocery shopping. Fun fact, which I'm doing after this episode by the way, because we have no food in our fridge because we've been traveling. Um, literally doing that right after this. Um, usually we fill up a cart and it cost us about 120 to 130. Now that same cart probably costs us 150. Um, which is still not a bad deal. We're filling up an entire cart for $150. I literally can't complain. We get so much food out of it. It's amazing. Cannot complain literally in the slightest. But that's gone up. And Costco we spend like two to two fifty. Um or one fifty to two hundred, depending on what we get. That's probably up to like two fifty-ish now, because meat is like crazy expensive. And I know Costco you buy in bulk anyways, but it's pretty expensive. So from my personal experience, I definitely see us paying at least $100 more probably just for the same things that we got over different grocery stores. And I see it, and that's for a family of two. Are you guys seeing that? Most families are facing 433 So what can we learn from this? I always want to walk away from learning something. Try not to buy stuff on credit and try to go for the cheaper options. Try to hit up Aldi's. I hear Smart and Final is also pretty good too for cheaper grocery shopping. Now, I haven't shopped there personally, but I've heard it's pretty good. But try to look at where you can cost reduce. To try to you know, negate some of these inflation numbers. Definitely, like I said, not a paid sponsor, but would love to be. Um, Aldi's is a great place for your groceries if that's something you're looking for at or just for cheap meals. Um, even though I used to work at target and I do enjoy generally enjoy target, do not go to target for grocery shopping. It is crazy expensive. Even with my team discount, my former team discount and stuff like that, it's still crazy expensive. Don't do it. It's not good, but yeah, you're paying most families. The average household is paying an extra of $433 a month due to inflation. And these buy now and pay later people are predator are predatorizing. That's not a word, but I just made it. These people who are paying extra. Anyways, I just had to throw that in. Let's down let's talk to some you know I like to end the something that's kind of fun and the pop culture, what's going on, um, with the article about finance. And yeah, um streaming, you know, your Hulu Plus, your Netflixes, your Disney Plus. Streaming isn't as profitable as a lot of these companies think. Disney is on the forefront of that. Let's jump into that. Disney down bad, shares down more than 40% year to date, streaming becoming incredibly saturated and not as profitable as Disney and other companies would have thought it is. This is the big question. So Disney has been like their stock has been plummeted. I mean, they have taken a beating, and it's been bad, and it's largely due to streaming. Disney, now at the peak of the pandemic, was high. Even though the parks were down, Disney Plus was an amazing service that offered... um Now, I should have wrote this down somewhere in my notes, forgive me, but I know Disney Plus was in there. I know for sure ESPN in there. I believe Hulu was on there. Um I could be wrong. I literally could be a 1,000% wrong, but shares... like. Disney was the company to own, to have during peak pandemic and 2021, but now they're facing a little bit of a hardship. So I'm not sure if you guys know, but Disney, um, the CEO, Bob Chapek, he was actually, he stepped down as CEO because under his regime, the company, since 2020 is when he joined, was doing um terrible, he took a lot, he focused the company directly on streaming, and he really put Disney like on the forefront of streaming, and that's kind of the vibe, and where he wants to push the company, and year to date, the company is down almost 50%, so Bob Chapek, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, he stepped down, and Bob Igor, who was the CEO before uh Chapek took over in 2020, Um, has come back, and he's planning on making a whole suite of changes, deciding what assets Disney needs to let go of. He's deciding if streaming needs to continue, how they need to keep streaming competitive, and all these things. Also, as a little preface about the streaming content, streaming's oversaturated. There are streamers everywhere, and they're fighting for the same same fans everywhere. You see a lot of people turning away from streaming because there's too much um, it costs millions of dollars to get content on here and people don't want to pay the prices. And that's why you see Netflix and Disney plus adding an ad supported tier. And I, I think, I believe you talked about this, uh, in Fyconomy a while ago about streaming, but why they do it is it's better for them to take people on at four or $5 a month with ads because they make ad revenue too, rather than have them completely be absent of, I mean, I think there are some statistics Stating that for every dollar that a consumer spends in streaming, they plan to have a a million dollars or something like that in content for every dollar that you spend. It's really expensive and it's what we expect. And even with a strong titan like Disney, they're having a hard time competing in the streaming, even with the backlog of fantastic Disney films. So that's kind of my prelude. Let's just let's jump into it. Disney CEO Bob Eager, which we just talked about, just took over again, will speak to employees at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Monday, in a Disney town hall. Eager said in the memo to employees he will discuss the future of Disney and answer some questions about what's ahead specifically for streaming. Also, the new CEO, Bob Eager, is um, shaping up to make a huge, stunning turn of events about what properties Disney will let go, whether that's ESPN, Hulu... And what will they will hold on to? This is a quote from him. On Monday, I will be turning to the Walt Disney Studio Law, a place where I've always loved. I'm eager to be rejoining dear colleagues and meeting new team members who are part of the company in the past year. And I'm looking forward to where we can take Disney where I know we can. Eager has also started changing things at the company, which he led for 15 years until he stepped down in early 2020. On Monday, the day, so this is the past week, on Monday, the day after he took over the CEO job, Igor said the company would reorganize its media unit and announce the departure of that unit's bosses, Kareem Daniel, who was Chapek's right-hand man, which which makes sense, right? If you jump in as a new CEO and the old CEO backs down because that CEO did a terrible job, you're probably letting go of the people that advised him or was his... It makes sense, right? Like That's not big news. Shapex shifted Disney's corporate structure to better align with the streaming first world, which obviously didn't do good, right? So Bob Eger, the now CEO, does not agree with the way he did it, but the general idea of building up Disney Plus by spending billions on new content was in was in step with Eiger's strategy. For a while, the strategy worked. Disney surged during the pandemic, which we talked about, even though the parkings were closed and movies weren't in theaters. Investors cheered money-losing services as long as they sh- showed hyper growth, I'm putting on my investor hat, yeah, that is, that should have been sign number one, like, hey, streaming's losing money, because we have all this backlog of content, we have the millions that we're spending to make these episodes of Black, of, um, my bad, WandaVision, Andor's, the Star Wars series, Mandalorian, here's, and here's why it doesn't make money, because think about it. They spend millions to get these shows. I think for Mandalorian season one, it was like a quarter of a billion dollars or something like that to make that, or season two. How they don't how do they make money off that property by people signing up for Disney Plus? So you have to have tons of people signing up for Disney Plus because that is why you spent a quarter of a billion dollars on that show, because you want to drive users to pay your seven dollars a month for that show. So that's why you create this content because you want to drive users there. There's no like directly like ticket sales or anything like that. Your main bulk was where it's coming from as far as using in this example, Mandalorian and Disney Plus is you want to drive users to Disney Plus to pay for this content that costed them multiple arms and legs to make. So that's where they're losing this money. Because even though it's costing them all this money, they weren't seeing it. They were seeing growth in their streaming services, which is not what's going on today. So as interest rates rose and Netflix consumer growth plateaued early in the year, um, Netflix has come to a halt. Disney Plus has added 12.1 million subscribers this month, the month of October, and the shares are still tanking. What's happening? Much of this change in the narrative was actually of Disney's own doing as Shea the former CEO, push getting profitability over subscriber growth. So what's happening? Wow, we're actually not making money off of this, even though we're growing. So how can we make this profitable? Because streaming is not profitable for many companies, as you're seeing right now. I mean, Netflix is down bad and Disney Plus, who the whole past two years, or Disney, who the whole past two years has been focusing on streaming, although they've seen growth in subscribers, they're losing money interesting because that was their whole thing to make streaming now disney's disney's realization that it likely wasn't going to hit its target of 230 million to 260 million disney plus subscribers by 2024 won't be hit chapek before leaving lowered that bar in august saying that we're gonna have significantly less subscribers Disney shares have fallen nearly 40% year to date, and Bob Eager will, Igor, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing, will jump in to talk about what's to change and what's to come. So there it is. Streaming isn't profitable. Who would have thought? It had high growth in the pandemic, and it's not doing good now. So what's to happen? I don't know. We'll talk about it next week, but um, Monday, the 28th. Um, he's going to be releasing a huge statement talking about what's going, what's keeping, how they're changing it. So it's going to be big. There's a lot going on. We'll cover it on next week's economy, but we'll see. Disney is not doing good and streaming in particular. The whole thing Disney has been going after is not profitable in the slightest right now. How will they change that? That's something for you to chew on, to think about as streaming services and stuff get more popular. Now, you know, they're not profitable. Even if they're growing subscribers, how can they make more money? Uh, We'll see. I think streaming's the future, but um, I think a lot of stuff has to be done first. And I don't think ads are the way, but ads pay so much money. I think ads will be, like, cemented in streaming, even though that was the ploy of streaming, right? Not having to watch ads. So we'll see how it goes. So those are our three topics today. We talked about how Black Friday sales have increased we talk about the buy now and pay later scam i mean companies that are going on right now we talked about how the average family is paying 433 extra dollars a month for the same things they were buying a year the exact same things and how disney has a lot of thinking about where it wants to take its business model its company now that streaming isn't performing as much or as highly or as profitable as they have liked it to been if any of this information has been helpful for you guys please review the podcast down below on spotify on apple whatever you use to listen please go ahead and give me a review down i like to look at the reviews and i take criticism rather well i would like to think so please let me know what you like what you didn't like share this episode thank you for the download tag me at kyle the horton take a screenshot of this podcast and just tag me at kyle the horton on twitter or instagram i will love you forever i'll repost it on my end Thank you for helping me grow this community. And also, remember, just be smart about your money, folks. This is about preserving our wealth and increasing what we have, right, with what we already have. That's the name of the game, just doing better and being better. Thank you so much for the love. Thank you so much for the support. I'll say it again, share and download. If you'd like to support the show, my Patreon is down below. There are some links down below for you to show some love and support. You guys are awesome. You are loved far more than you actually understand, and you are blessed. I'll see you this upcoming week for Kyle Talks.